We're going through a, a series called Storm Chasers, and it comes from the Discovery Channel. And basically, when there's a storm, a big tornado, uh, there's these teams that go in, that go right into the storm to try and collect as much data as they can. And they take special vehicles in there, and it's really cool. It's a great show. Um, I'm, I don't get any money from the Discovery Channel or anything like that. Hey. No. Um, and so, and so we've, we've kind of been going over these different storm chasers in the scriptures, like Daniel and David and, and, and uh, Joshua. And we're seeing kind of what happens. And we've been talking about ourselves. What do you do when there's a storm in your life? And we've been kind of having these same things that come up. There will be storms. And, and you just can't stop. There's going to be financial storms. People are going to fail you. There's going to be things. You might start a small group and, and you're all excited. And then, you know, it's this great spot. And then somebody, you know, says one of the secrets of the small group. And there's a storm. And maybe you're, na- you know, we, 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 it seems like every place we move, there's that one neighbor. You know, I don't know if it happens with you guys, but it, there's always the one neighbor that you're just like, I, either I'm going to bring him to Jesus, or I'm going to take him out. It's like one of the two, I, just like these two things. As like, there's this storm, and, and it, you, you go, you start a new job, you're super excited, it's twice the money, it has way more opportunity, and then there's that guy in that cubicle, or the boss, or whatever. What we've been talking about through this series is you're not going to be able to stop the storm, oftentimes. And some storms we bring on ourselves, we talked about that as well. But uh, so, so, so what do you do? And, and we were talking about these storm chasers. What they do is they, they go in and they collect data. They have the cool like uh, vehicle and the cameras and everything. And what we talked about is when we go through these storms, oftentimes what happens is we collect a lot of data about ourselves and about our God. And, and that, that all of a sudden we begin to see we made it through the storm. And we talked that some storms kind of prepare us for the next storm. And we kind of go into that a little more confident, a little more relying on God going, I know that I can't get through this on my own, but I, I saw how, what God did before. And we also talked about how these storms, like in the storm chasers things, they have these F categories, which stands for like Fujitsu or something like that. I, every week I tell myself I'm going to find out what it means, but I don't know. F1, F2, F3, F4, or F5, it's kind of get, escalating. We talked about how these storms a lot of times will start out small and will begin to escalate and escalate and escalate. And you're just like, God, please don't let it be an F5. And it's like God somehow through all these different storms brings us through every time if we'd let him. And, and we talked about different storms where people, you know, where they show the line of cars going away from the storm and they show the people going right into the storm. And and so we we were talking about trying to be those types of people who when the storm happens, we just start collecting data about ourselves and about our God and we make it through and we come out on the other end stronger. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. If you look at your outline, it says, I don't have a point (laughs) where you'd normally fill out the point. I don't have a point. And early in my ministry, this would stress me out. I'd be up till two, three o'clock in the morning trying to get a point, like to have the one thing or the three things or whatever. I'm so glad I've kind of had more ministry under my belt. I've learned don't force something that isn't there and just let the scripture speak for itself. You're like, duh, I know, I'm an idiot. It took me a long time, but that's just kind of the way it goes. So I don't have a point. And so I, 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 tomorrow's Valentine's Day. 
And Valentine's Day has the chance to be really awesome. <laughs> right? You know? I mean, it has a chance to just be like, man, like, I've been playing, you know, honey, I'd, you, you pull her outside and you say, look up. And there are like the fighter jets. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, I had, you know, and you're on one, you know, it's just like everything comes together and there's zoo animals and stuff. You just, you just like planned everything. You ever know that guy when, when you like go, you know, how did you ask your wife to marry you? And he gives this long old story that involves like the National Guard and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, What? I just went, oh, so what do you think? You know, it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, you know, it's like, marry me. You know, like, oh, God. So, and so, you know, you got the, the, the whole thing is like passion. And you've been watching the commercials. I don't know if you have, but mine, they started early. Like, like, like dude, Valentine's Day's coming. It's coming. It's coming, you know. And then all of a sudden, like two days before, you're like, huh? Valentine's Day? What? I didn't know. So it has a chance to be really great or really bad because expectations weren't met and you didn't know because you'd only seen 50 commercials and you really need 60 and the whole thing. And it's just like, oh, because why? Because there's this expectation of passion. Like there's this expectation. There's this one commercial on TV and, 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 and they're in this cabin, and it's raining outside, and there's thunder, and then there's this big thunder crack, and she turns into his arms, and, and, and he goes, he's like, uh, don't worry, I'm here. And then he has the ring, and he's like, and I always will be, right? <laughs> I just want to punch that guy. Like, this is the whole thing, and he's in a turtleneck. And I had a turtleneck on the other week, and it just made me mad. He, he just grabs him. I'm here, and I always will be, right? Like, that, that, it was, we have this idea that there needs to be passion, and there's passion about everything. You, so sometimes you're passionate about cars, you have NASCAR, you're passionate about golf. I've been passionate about guitar, and now I'm passionate about playing the bass. It's like, it seems like just there's, there's passion just kind of hits you, you know? Passion makes you buy things right? I have a, I had this t-shirt in college that said it was just these legs and these, and these jeans and like the knees were ripped out and it said, pray hard. Like, like, right? I don't think I ever prayed more than five minutes in my life. But I had this shirt that just said, pray hard, because I was passionate about it. I, I wasn't doing it. I was just passionate. Passion is like a Russian. We, you have crimes of passion, right? Because it's just like, oh. And so we, we use the word passion as though it's a good thing, and sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. But passion comes and goes. What I want to talk about this morning is conviction. I, I want to talk about that, that slow, that just that deep, well of conviction because Lisa and my relationship we had passion in the beginning and we have passion now and uh, I mean I'm not going to get into the details but but like now if you take my relationship with my wife now it's deep conviction Like, like passion is what you live for conviction is what you'll die for conviction says yeah, I don't care what's going on. We're going to make it through this storm together. 
Like conviction is when you can stare at a counselor in the face when you're working on your marriage and that counselor says, the next three years is going to really suck for your marriage. It's going to be bad. You ready? Conviction says, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's go through the hard stuff and get through. That's, that's conviction. Passion makes you spend money. <clears throat> We're going to look at a guy... Paul, who's probably one of the most, probably the best example of a man of God that had conviction. And I want to show you kind of an event in his life that just kind of, and and hopefully what I'm hoping this morning, because I don't have a point, is that as I read this, you'll begin to think in your mind about something that maybe you've been passionate about, maybe something that you've, 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 has just kind of crossed your mind that the Holy Spirit is beginning to just do a work in you. And maybe it is your marriage. Maybe in the back of your mind, you're just going, you know what, I, I need to do something about my marriage. And God is beginning to do this work that we're, not gonna, we're just going to stop talking and we're going to start doing. Maybe it is your prayer life. Maybe you've had times of passionate times of prayer, but now it's time for conviction. Maybe it's been getting into the word and you've had times where you've really got, but now God's just going, you know, I, I want this deep work of my spirit done in your life. And you know what? I'll tell you, church, I feel, I don't know why, I feel like this church is entering into this era of our, of our ministry. That we're going from passion, which, which we all will have in different times, in different phases, whatever, into deep conviction. And a deep maturity. We're moving into just this conviction of a life of holiness. So I want to read this first verse here in Acts 19.21 to kind of set up what's going on. And we'll be reading kind of a narrative about what's going on in Paul's life. And maybe something in here is going to really resonate with you. I, I think it is uh, about an area in your life. It says, after all this happened, okay, this is, chapters before. It doesn't matter what this is. There's just a lot of stuff going on. After all this happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia, uh, and I had it in my office. Achaia. (laughs) Somebody write on their flap, you're an idiot, this is how you say it, and put the, the, you know, the little things there so I know how to say it. After, um, after I've been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. It's almost like a passing thought for Paul. You know what? Paul decided to go to Jerusalem. He goes, you know, after that, I'm going to go to Rome. What he didn't realize he was doing is he was beginning this, this, this thing of the Holy Spirit. When I was in high school, God put this thing in my heart to become a pastor. And, and I, I was dating Lisa at the time, and I, we sat down at her table. Uh, they, had, they used to have these big family things and if you're part of a family you got all the different personalities and stuff and I, I didn't anyway so we're there and I said you know I think I'm called the full-time ministry and one of the family members goes you know they don't make much money and I'm like what <laughs> I thought they did no I didn't I I was like well yeah but you know and it was just the beginning now if you were to ask me when were you called the full-time ministry I would probably pick high school. But then I went through high school, I went through college, I went through 16 years of office time, 
And then I went into full-time ministry. But it started out as this thing. And some of you this morning have had this little thing that just kind of is in your mind about your marriage or maybe you should give up this thing or maybe you should add this thing or maybe you should or isn't there more than this or is it it's just this I don't know what it is in your life but there's some little thing now watch what happens so he says after I've been there I must visit Rome also huh okay and then it goes on it says he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem this is in uh, uh, chapter 20 verse 16 if possible by the day of Pentecost Starts out as this thing, and now it's like, you know what? We really need to do this. We need to get there. There's some, we, we need to get this done. Some of you are in that spot right now. Like, you know what? I'm tired of talking about it. I want to do it. I want to lead a small group. I want to get into a ministry. I want to volunteer. I want to get my finances in order. I want to I have a, an accountability partner. I want to get through this. I'm, I'm tired of talking about I'm tired of this up and down of passion. I want conviction. Now watch what happens in Acts chapter 20, verse 22. And now, compelled by the Spirit. This is when he reaches Miletus. What's really cool about Acts is there's these like, he'll get somewhere and it'll just say, and he was there for two years. And then it goes on to the next thing. Like, well, what happened in the two? Like, you don't, like, I'd like to know what happened there. Did he heal somebody? Did he, like, did he, like, fall away from the faith? Did he, like, you know, I don't know. Did, is that where he learned to be a tent maker? It doesn't say. And so it says here, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know, now listen to this. This is incredible. If we can get this down in our lives, we're going we're gonna to be able to get through any storm. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Now, this is Paul. You might not be called to a life of prison and hardships, okay? But the possibility's there. And this is what happens with conviction. Passion kind of sees it as all glory, Conviction sees it as, you know what? This is going to be hard. This might be hard. We talk about this with kind of the giving money, you know. Uh, some people teach as you are faithful in your finances, you kind of get stuff. And, 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 and it just might be that you don't have stuff when you're faithful in your giving. That may be. It may just be hard in your finances. Conviction just moves us past that. I know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me, not warns me to get out of there, it's coming, but just, hey, dude, this is going to be another one of those cities. I'm sorry. I have a friend whose life is like this, someone very close to me. It seems like every city is prison and hardships. It's like the next thing. Like, why, why am I going through this? Then he goes on to 24. This is the key right here. However... I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. See, there's something else that's happening with Paul. It's this gospel, this good news that just kind of, that just kind of undergirds everything he does. Because he was once putting Christians to death and then God met him on the road to Damascus and turned his world upside down. As a matter of fact, back in, uh, I think it's, yeah, Acts 9, 16, Ananias comes, God tells Ananias, go to Paul and tell him he's gonna have to suffer for the name of Jesus. So Paul, Ananias does that, sets Paul up on his ministry. 
But what I love about this thing is that word grace. See, when we think about Paul, we think hard hitting, just like, yeah, you know, going for it. But he, it undergirds this gospel of grace, this gospel of, like we sang here, I'm so unworthy, yet still you love me. It's like, oh man, this conviction of when I share the gospel with somebody, I'm sharing good news. I was talking to a guy at lunch um, on Tuesday of this week. It's so cool being a pastor because when I lead someone to Christ, they were kind of like, it was like a little underhand pitch typically. Like when you're out in the world, it's hard work. You like got a, you know, you're like going in front. And if pastor, you sit in your office and someone just comes to you and says, yeah, I got a need. And you're like, oh, here, you know, and then it's like, hey, home run. I led someone to the Christ. It's not like it is like your neighbor. That's different. So this guy just shows up and we go out to lunch and he starts talking about God's going to judge him and send him to hell and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, totally. (laughs) He is. There's going to come a judgment. He's a, he's, he's holy. He can't, he can't handle the sin. He said, yeah, I know, I learned that in church. I said, did you ever hear about God's love? No, never. Have you ever heard about Jesus? He said, "Uh, I don't think I was paying attention during that part. (laughs) First, find another church. Second, right, I mean... Jesus is it. I mean, that's the good news. That's the, that's the point. You know what I mean? And this is this undergirding of, of grace that, you know where you see this too? You see it in Peter's life. The passion in Peter had him cut off the ear of the guard when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. But when you read first and second Peter, you see the conviction, this just deep rooted, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. I've got this relationship with God and nothing's going to get, nothing's going to stop me from serving him. And so this is what Paul says. He says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of grace. And then he goes on, he says, now I know that none of you uh, among whom I have gone about preaching in the kingdom will ever see me again. Paul knows what's coming. He's either going to go to Jerusalem and live there for the rest of his life, or (laughs) he knows prison, hardships await him. Now, we get to this really weird thing that happens. Because if you go back, you don't have to uh, with the slides. It says he's compelled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. This is a deep conviction of his to go to Jerusalem, right? Right? And, 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 and so, like we are saying, some of you right now, even as I'm talking, there's been this thing in your life that you're like, I, you know what? I've got to get this either under control or I've got to get there or I've got to say it or I've got to, some of you have people in your lives that you've just, you've been sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel, but you've kind of been dancing, 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 dancing and the Holy Spirit's going, you just got to share the gospel. They're sinners and Jesus came to rescue them from their sin and you're just going to have to do it. Others of you, it's financial or relational. You're in a relationship that you know God is asking you to cut off, not your spouse. You know God is saying, enough, enough. This is it. He goes on. So now he's got this deep conviction, but he ends up in Tyre. Tyre and Sidon were two uh, cities next to each other. T-Y-R-E. This is where he is. 
And in Acts 24, 21.4, it says, Finding the disciples there, we stayed with them seven days. This is Luke writing about his travels with uh, Paul. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Okay, wait, okay. I go back to 2022. Now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. Acts 21. Finding the disciples there, we stayed with them seven days. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. Now, either the Spirit's confused or changed his mind, was like, got more info and was like, oh, that Jerusalem. No, not that Jerusalem. There's another one, right? Or, when we begin to follow these convictions and the Lord begins to do a move, the Lord begins to do a move in those around us as well. And, and everyone's coming from kind of a different perspective. See, when I, and this is, where, this is where the rubber meets the road in the midst of your storm. Because you're going to feel this conviction to go to your spouse and you're going to say, oh man, I just feel like God is. And you're going to say it and the Spirit is doing something else in her and she's going to say what the Spirit is doing in her and it's going to look like it's not matching up sometimes. And that is going to be very discouraging. But here's the beauty of it. God has called us to a personal relationship with him. And so as we begin to get advice, as we begin to talk, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I, I was in a ministry environment one time where me and this person just didn't see eye to eye. And, and I could not figure it out because that person loved the Lord and I loved the Lord. Mm-hmm. Got it? And so it's like, how does that happen? And you might ha- this might happen between us. When I had a pastor one time where on this one issue, we just were like, no, no, no. But God was speaking to him and God was speaking to me. And I'm like, it just, it doesn't make any sense that we wouldn't line up. And it was only looking back that I went, oh. And so in this case, uh, back when I, back in this other ministry kind of situation, I was on a run one time and I was going, God, please make it stop. No, then I started praying. Um, no, I, 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 uh, I, I was on this run and I, I just said, what are you doing? And he said to me as clear as day, what I'm doing in his life has nothing to do with what I'm doing in your life. And I thought, oh, I believe this is where we are right here. Doggone it, Nate. You saw it coming, didn't you? Nate told me, he goes, I know why you turn your Bible upside down. It's because you put it under your arm. And then when you grab it, you turn it upside down. And then I'm like, I'm not going to do that again until I start preaching. Right? Thanks, Nate. Finding the disciples there, we stayed with them. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. See, the Holy Spirit was telling them, man, Paul's going to be, it's not going to go well for Paul. And so they're just like, don't go to, the Spirit told us it's not, it's not going to be good. Don't go. That's, that's what it looks like. And so as you begin to just go deep in your conviction with God, this is going to come up. Now, if it matches Scripture and there's nothing, you know, keep going. Don't let anyone sidetrack you. 
If people are coming and going, hey, dude, let me just tell you, you know, having four wives, while you might, it might seem like a deep conviction, you know, there's some things in the scripture. There are, we seek wise counsel, but ultimately it's going to come down. Conviction comes down between you and your walk with God. And so no matter what anyone says, oh, it's okay. Sometimes you'll do that. You know, I don't think I should do that anymore. You know what? Jesus, you know, it's like, no, there's something for me. For some of you, like your conviction is you'll never touch a drop of alcohol. You got people in the Bible, Jesus turned water into wine, blah, 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 blah. Stick with your conviction. For some of you, you've set up boundaries in your marriage. And other people are like, what's your problem? That's weird. Stick with your conviction. Because God knows the next storm that's coming in your life and he's trying to prepare you for it. And so you might not, I know people who don't have a television it's their deep conviction not to let a television enter their home. Ah, I got a television. What's their problem? How dare they? Ah, ah. Keep the conviction. Some of you can date. Some of you can't. Some of you can do that. Keep your conviction. The Holy Spirit is doing something that when the time comes, you will look back and you will. I have never heard one person who took this conviction and applied it to their life, looking back and going, oh, all the years of television I could have had, wasted, you know? <laughs> you know? I've never heard anyone go, oh, all those beers. Arr. Again, I'm picking on whatever, you know? Oh, I could have, honey, do you realize had we not had this many, bound, our, all our boundaries, we could have had all these friends. Stick to your convictions. God is doing a deep work. And even as I speak now, I'm so glad I didn't have a point because you know what the point is in your life. God's moving. So here's what happens. So that was in, um, that was in Tyre. And then he goes to Caesarea. And this prophet named Agabus comes down, which is a name, I don't know why we don't use that anymore. Agabus. Verse 11, coming over to us, he took Paul's belt. He tied his own hands and feet with it and said, the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. Everything around Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. Except the Spirit of God is saying to Paul, we're going to Jerusalem. Some of you, everyone around you says, leave him, leave her, enough. Why are you putting up with all this? But there's something in you saying, I'm going to stay. I know it's going to be lame, but I'm going to stay. Conviction always trumps passion. Because passion, you just by definition have to feel something. Conviction, you just know it. We were singing that song. I don't have to see it to believe it. Paul goes on. Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? Like, again, like, don't make this so hard for me. I don't want to get cable, okay? Or whatever his (laughs) conviction is. Stop telling me about Animal Planet. Right? (laughs) No, but it's God's creation. Dude, you got to get it. No, I won't do it. (laughs) Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? What's going on? This is my conviction. God has done this. And then this is this. Um, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? 
I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. This is my calling. This is it. When we heard this, oh, no, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Yeah, when he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. I, I pray that you are surrounded by people. And if you're not, get surrounded by people who will respect your convictions. The, the boundaries you set up, the things you decide. You know what? For me, I just can't do that. I, like for me, I don't watch rated R movies, okay? I don't care. You could watch 50 rated R movies a day. I don't, I don't, that's not like a thing I wear on my shirt that I got that says, oh, you know, rated R, go to hell. I don't know what that, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's just for me, those images get stuck in my head because I'm super visual. So I just don't, I don't care. But I'm surrounded by people who aren't always going, dude, you're stupid. They're like, you know what? Cool. No, they'll go to the movie. It's not like they're, you know, whatever. Surround yourself with people who will respect those convictions. Who'll say, you know what? I, I understand where you're coming from. Especially, I wish the youth were here, but especially the youth. Because the youth in, in those environments and, and, and maybe in your work environment or your, everybody's doing something and you're just like, no, you know what? For me, I'm not going to do it. Stick with it. And then get people around you. They'll say, you know what? Yeah, good, good for you. So they say the Lord's will be done. This happened to Jesus in Luke 9, 51. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He knew he was going to be crucified. He's like, I'm going. And he resolutely, some, some scriptures say he set his face towards Jerusalem. We would say he beelined it for Jerusalem. That's what we would say. It's pretty cool. Here's what happens in Jerusalem, just so everybody's up to speed and then we'll, We'll close it up with this. Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. Man, can you imagine sitting at the seat of Paul, at the feet of Paul, just going, and then he's like, yeah. And then we're in this city I can't even pronounce, Achaia or Achaia or whatever. And then we went to Tyre. And then we were in Macedonia. And he, he was talking about, because here's the thing. When you look at Paul and you go, well, if there's in the spirit, they're telling him not to go to Jerusalem. And he goes to Jerusalem. We've had a history of Paul doing exactly what the spirit says. The spirit says, don't preach the word in Asia. He doesn't preach the word in Asia. It says, uh, uh, there's another... Uh, I can't in my mind. I don't remember. He says, don't preach the word there. He doesn't, he, we were warned by the Spirit not to go there. He doesn't go there. They're told by the Spirit, go to Macedonia. He goes to Macedonia. So there's a real good chance that the Spirit of God has been just saying, this is going to be hard, but you're going to have to go through it. And now he gets there, and they're all sitting there, and he tells them everything through his conviction, through preaching the gospel, through his life change. He's just sharing. And from Acts 21 on... Paul can't shut up about what God's doing. He just can't. It's just every time. There's this riot in Ephesus, and he's like, let me talk to the crowds. And they're like, no, they're going to kill you. You you can just picture him going, trust me. And they're like, no. You know, it's like this, his whole life is people going, no, 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 no. And him going, come on, please let me add him. Let me me tell him. He gets, uh, when he's in Jerusalem, they come and they they start just beating him. When he got to Jerusalem, within seven days, he was being beaten, okay? 
So it, it didn't, it wasn't like it, it wasn't like he gets there and he's like, this isn't so bad. He like takes this vow of purity. He goes to worship. He's going there to give money to the poor, to encourage the church. And within seven days, they're beating him up and the Romans have to come and pull, pull the Jews off of him. And then from there on, from that time on, he's in prison either in Jerusalem or in front of Felix, and then he appeals to Caesar. He's just kind of all over the place. So he greets him, and he reports in detail what, the, what was happening. And then when they heard this, they praised God, and they said, you see, brother, how many thousands of Jews have believed? And all of them are zealous for the law, which is not a, that's not a bad thing. They understand the Old Testament, New Testament. They're just, they called it the way. There And you read through Acts, there are followers of the way. It's so cool. Here's the key. And, and, and this is where it's really the rubber meets the road. We've talked about this a little bit in the past. Acts 22, verse 15. G- Paul's kind of given his testimony. And it says, God had spoken to Paul and said, uh, through Ananias, and he said, you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. We've talked about this before when Peter was in prison. He says, how can I stop talking about what I've seen and what I've heard? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go into a a slower time of worship as Alex comes back up. I want to couple this with this last verse in Hebrews 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction, not the passion, the conviction of things not seen. And I just want to speak out, and hopefully the Holy Spirit is just kind of nudging some people in here. There are some things in your marriage, some things in your home, some things at work, some things in your life that you have a conviction of that are not seen yet. A healing, a healing. I mean, we, we, Lisa and I have this in our own life, just with our son who has epilepsy and all the different ways we've tried to pray it away, believe it away, medicate it away, look into surgery it away, all this kind of stuff. But we have a deep, 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 deep conviction that God is doing something great in our son. That's faith. It's the conviction of things not seen. I don't see it. I, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to go through. The conviction process is not e- an easy one. And I just want to encourage you, as God is speaking to your heart right now of whatever that thing is, it is not going to be easy. Prison and hardship await you. <coughs> but you know what else awaits you? That story at the end of the storm. When you're sitting down with everybody and you share in detail what God has done in your life. 